Hey everyone, welcome to episode 40 of the PC World Show. This is your home for tough talk about the most interesting tech topics of the week. And as usual, we have some PC World executive editors. I'll start with Gordon Maong. Hello. Hey Gordon. And Melissa Riafrio. Hey. Hey. And I'm John Phillips, editor-in-chief of PC World and some other brands in these here parts. Uh, This is episode 40 and we're recording the show on February 15th. Uh, if you're watching live, we invite you to ask questions and share comments. And Adam on the board will take your uh, your feedback uh, after each segment. Oh, uh, nope, that's one. There, there, I am. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Adam. <laughs> one of those. Uh, and it is a hardware heavy show. So we're going to start with a look at uh, a Chromebook that runs Android apps. So Google's finally making good on the promise to take Android to. It's, I guess we would call it laptop or laptop computing platform. Um, And then EVGA has a really fancy new video card technology that Gordon's going to show off. It's all about thermals. And then uh, we're going to talk about Intel Coffee Lake, which is uh, an extension of the 14 nanometer process. It's just not going to die. And they'll both get into that. And then finally, I have a penetrating question about Pokemon Go. You thought it was dead, but it's not. It continues. And I'll ask these two if they give a damn. (laughs) 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 Probably probably telegraph what the answers are already to that one, but we'll we'll just play along and do it anyhow. Anyway, uh, okay, so let's start with um, Android on Chromebook. This is a new Samsung uh, Chromebook. Is, Is it actually out? Is it a prototype? What is it? And what does it do, Melissa? Well, first of all, Google has been promising Android apps on Chromebooks for a while, and this is addressing two problems. Chromebooks have no apps, and Android apps have nowhere to go except phones and tablets, and they kind of want to broaden the reach of Android apps. And they've actually tried to have, you know, Android-based desktop PCs and things a couple times, but they haven't really taken off. And so this is their new attempt. What I have here is the Samsung Chromebook Pro. Brand new Chromebook that's actually going to ship in a couple of months. There is a lower end version called the Chromebook Plus that's already out. But the main thing about these Chromebooks is that they've been built from the ground up to run Android apps. And I want to remind everyone, this is all still in beta. This is actually a beta version of Chrome on this Chromebook. And the whole idea of Android apps on Chrome is still in the beta channel. But it is coming soon. And one of the things that's cool about this particular Chromebook, in addition to being able to run Android apps, is that it has a stylus. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ah. And is that yeah. the first stylus in a Chromebook? This is the first stylus in a Chromebook. It's going to be on the Chromebook Pro and the Chromebook Plus that just shipped. It's just a little thing. I think it's similar to the ones they've had on Samsung tablets. I can't remember a single laptop or Windows laptop with a stylus. Am I just forgetting something? Well, the important? Surface oh. Pro 4 has oh, one. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, there are a yeah. few, but, but... does the Surface Book have a stylus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. actually a ton yeah. of Windows laptops with stylus options. Stylus options, okay. yeah. A lot of them don't ship the stylus you got to buy it for well and a lot of them put it on some dingy little loop or something or expect you to you know not lose it in your backpack which i guarantee you i would but what's cool about this is that it pops right into this little spring-loaded thing in the side so it's really easy to store and if we had an internet connection i could show you how to draw on it but we don't so does that flip all the way around like a tablet? yes well that's the other thing this has a 360 degree hinge so it flips over into a tablet and you're going to ask, what happens to the keyboard? Well, once you hit 180 degrees, the keyboard disables. So you can treat this like a tablet. 
It and, kicks into Windows 8 mode at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Um, so that's the other thing is that this is, I mean, there have been other 360 degree Chromebooks in the past, but to have one that can be a tablet and that you can also use with a stylus so you can write on it. You know, when I used it, I, I wrote on it, I drew on it, I do all these things that, you know. So it becomes an Android tablet. Yes. And so basically so, you're running the, basically the, the Chrome apps that just are browser apps or you're running Android. So, yes. um, you know, what did you like or not like about the Android experience? Well, I should preface that by saying that I basically have not wanted to run Android apps ever because of the whole malware thing. I mean, obviously there's lots of Android apps that don't have malware, but there are lots of Android apps that do have malware and I just didn't want to deal. I've never had a malware problem, but I've heard about it. Yeah. I mean, I think mostly it's if you download, you know, got to go to the right stores. You have to go to the the right stores to do that. But I didn't want to deal with any of that. (laughs) And don't even get me started about Android fragmentation. So I just hadn't wanted to deal with any of that. But on a Chromebook, I feel safer. Um, They have a lot of built-in security on Chromebooks. Um, They sandbox everything. So I did give a bunch of Android apps a try. And uh, it was I mean, it's in beta, right? It's it's interesting. You have apps like Instagram that basically don't know you're on a Chromebook, so they're still running like in this little narrow mobile window, and they work fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have some other apps um, that Google has been working on preparing that that can handle a bigger screen and give you a little more room to run around, like in games. I, I played uh, this game called Asphalt 8 that, you know, it's a driving game, and when you have more screen space, it's more fun to drive. Uh, but then you have a lot of apps that say, oh, yeah, I'm ready for a Chromebook. And you open it up and it's like way stretched out and like the buttons on one end and the options on the other end. And you feel like you're watching a tennis game to run the app. So, so they're still working on it. So from a grand strategy standpoint, why is this important to have on your Why do we need Android on our Chromebook? Is there an is there a groundswell of, of Chromebook users who are saying there's just not enough to do on my Chromebook? Uh, that is a problem with Chromebooks that basically you're stuck with whatever you can get from the web. And there still isn't that much on the web, certainly not compared to some of the Android apps uh, that are available. And like the first one I downloaded wasn't even one of the approved ones. It was Instagram because mm-hmm. I use Instagram. Uh And I can use it on my phone, but I can't use it on any of my other computers. And I thought, wow, you know, I can download it here and I can use it on my phone. It's interesting. I guess you could do, you could, so it must have a a webcam on. Yeah. So you could use the webcam on that and do Instagram live from your notebook. Yeah. That's that's sort of novel. It is novel. I mean, it's not that great of a camera, but yes, theoretically you can do it. And so suddenly Instagram is freed from my phone. Right. You know. um, But it's funny when I've used Chromebooks, I'm just sort of happy just to stay in, you know, all the Google apps like mail and calendar. I don't need to really go anywhere else. Otherwise, uh, I'll use my phone if I need an app. Well, and I've used Chromebooks for years and, yeah. I, and I, Chromebooks and I haven't, you know, felt like constrained by yeah. what I can do. However, um, they are trying to broaden the appeal of Chromebooks and they're trying to broaden so, the reach of Android So do you apps. think it's a PC, Gordon? Does this qualify as a PC? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Qualify? Is it a phone with a big keyboard? I, yeah, you know, I... It is clearly a personal computer. Is it a PC? No, it is not. Um, I think for the standard definition of like they go to the store, they're going to go, I need, I need a PC. They mean a Windows PC, right. frankly, is, is generally you, what people mean. But we could, so. you, you can get away with calling Macs personal computers. Yeah. So is well, this a personal computer? It, it is a personal computer. Is it what somebody's going to go buy when they want to buy a PC because they no. need to run Office? No. But I, I do think it's still useful. I I guess I'm just still confused by what 
what exactly is Google trying to do here? Because you've got Chromebooks, which uh, as much as people like that, like to diss on them, it's a tremendous success. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Android, which is a success, but just feels kind of like these days it's a little flopping around. So I just like, why jamming it onto another? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just down on Android. Pixel days, here. So best phone I've ever owned. Um, Very expensive phone. Well, I, yeah, I would switch to iOS at this point almost. I just really? there's just enough things that just, after I let you take the <laughs> Nexus 6P, you're not happy with that either. The experience has been Bluetooth doesn't work. It has not the latest update has fixed Bluetooth. Yeah, the Bluetooth problem. And now it doesn't work with my network extender. It just will not recognize it. It could be like an inch away from the antenna on the network huh. extender does not work with That's it. I mean, crazy. I just I've just realized they it just they they're just not, it's not really well supported hardware. I mean, as much as, you know, I'm no Apple fanboy, but Apple does support its hardware. Google's sort of like, oh, you could fix that by buying a new one. And we <laughs> talk to the OEM. <laughs> Maybe Huawei will fix Oh, who's, whose problem is this? My Bluetooth isn't working yeah. in my car, right? So, all I, could, I mean, we're getting off topic, but yeah. all I could say is the <clears throat> Pixel is like speedy today as the day I first, you know, it, um, loaded up my, my Google profile on it, which was not, never the case for other Google phones or even iPhones I've owned. So Well, so you're the right person to ask. I mean, yeah. are you excited to think that some of the Android apps that you love, that you could use them on this bigger form factor with a keyboard? No, because my, my go-to tablet at home is... Uh, so my... Yeah, basically, I'm either on uh, this laptop at work or a desktop at home or another laptop at home. But no, if I'm going to be on a laptop, I'm going to be on a Windows laptop. And if I want Androidy things, I'll use my Android tablet, mm -hmm. the Pixel C or the Pixel. And so I don't really see the the need for um, an Android computing device. <laughs> I mean, they're all computing devices. An Android laptop. Mm -hmm. Do you just, think, though, I, I kind of wonder if this is Google is trying to solve the same problem that Apple's trying to solve. And then on, to be honest, Microsoft is the only company that has successfully solved it, which is merging of a tablet and a, and a PC yeah. standard laptop, right? Surface, you know, is a hit. People who use Surface, they're wonderful devices. And then you, like the iPad is like, okay, it's a good tablet, but then it's not a laptop. And yeah. but Apple Go can't make Mac OS and iOS yeah. merge. And now they won't. But Google doesn't have a true, I think Apple, if they, you know, conceded the point, would have a huge chance. But Google doesn't have a desktop operating environment. Yeah. But I mean, again, their problem is they have two different operating systems. They have iOS, they have Mac OS, and they can't make them live together. And it's politics, it's money. Yeah. And then Google's now interestingly facing the same thing. It's like, wow, we've got Chrome OS and we've got Android. How do we well, mix, you know, peanut butter and also to go chocolate? back, like, you know, what, what's behind it? Why are they doing it? Google just does everything they can. They, they put, you know, intellectual resources behind projects and they're like, yeah, wouldn't it be great? Or what would happen? If we put Android on a Chromebook, let's try it. We don't know exactly what'll happen, but it could be good. It's worth trying. And then you get this, and yeah, yeah. and you gotta. I applaud that. I guess I, I, it's you can applaud it until it's like, wow, this is just a wonderful thing. I love it. Yeah, well, you know what? That isn't well, working. We're gonna drop it. Uh, but I built my entire life around it. That's cool. I mean, there could be a couple other things going on because this is so. Um, uh, it's a, it's a, a success in the educational environment. Uh, I guess, is it big in the enterprise beyond education? Mm. It's, it's, there's some movement there, but really it's education. I, I 50% know, of yeah. the education market. I don't know anything about coding, but is it possible it might be easier to make an Android, a uh, custom Android app for your, for your educational needs? And it might be to do a Chrome OS extension. So it could be something like that, or there could be existing Android apps that, 
that teachers want to use that they would love to see dropped onto Chromebooks, something like that. Or if it were an Android app, then it could work on your Chromebook or your Android phone and corporations might want that. Yeah. You know, I well, can see that. Let's um, let's take it to the people, Adam. Do we have any comments or questions? Uh, yeah. First off, uh, Scott uh, on Facebook uh, asks, can I have the video cards? <laughs> <laughs> we told you no. We told you no. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you joined early, you know that we told you no. <laughs> uh, and uh, Lester Bauman on uh, YouTube says, give it a year and see what happens. It's always harder to decide something like this in advance, uh, how the adoption of the Android apps sure. is going to happen. Uh, and Anthony Ekstrom says, uh, no Android quote and no android coding on chromebook so to answer that question for me personally i'd like to chime in i'm i you know i borrowed it for a little bit during the beta uh and i was excited for games uh Uh, because a larger screen for some of the games i had were you know is is better so it's one little use case all right we learned something that's great uh okay well let's let's move on and we'll talk about the video cards that someone spied on the table so uh i I didn't even write down the name but these this is the the new evga uh 1080 uh, yeah it's a geforce gtx 1080 yeah uh and it has evgas patented patent they actually gave us the patents i think it's like nine different patents they've they've achieved they have patent pending technology called ICX in the video card. And uh, uh, for people who are listening, they're not seeing it. I'm going to first hold up a uh, GeForce GTX 1080. This is, of course, what we used to call a reference um, card. And now they're called Founders Edition. It basically yeah. has the NVIDIA cooler. It's a, a stock video card, pretty much. Great card. Awesome. EVGA basically came up with the ICX. Now, the normal 1080 has a single sensor. That controls that that tells the temperature uh, controls the fan on the entire card. EVGA coming off some really horrible um, Samsung like uh, battery issues last year. Not quite as well. They were battery. Wasn't issues. battery issues, but, but I mean, issues. You need to tell them why did they do this? Yeah. So Samsung, the or EVGA did this because last year they uh, had video cards that were overheating. Some people were actually blowing them up. You know, EVGA to the credit said, "Hey, you know what?" If you actually blow up your uh, your video card, which is extremely rare, we will give you a new one for free. But they uh, fried the chip; they didn't blow up, right? Did they? Blow yeah, up? they just stopped <laughs> <Okay>. working. <laughs> I just want to make sure it'd be cool if they did blow up. Yeah. That would be cool. So That's what a- they did is they went back to the drawing board and said, "Okay, we clearly have a problem with thermals. Yeah, instead of just having a single thermal sensor for the entire video card, let's just throw nine different thermal sensors. I think we've got a slide of this, uh, Adam. Uh, slide eleven, page eleven. So I, uh, and if, if you're listening, there's basically a picture of the video card and they've got like, they've got thermal sensors scattered everywhere on this video card so that you can tell if the card is overheating, you know, like, is it the memory? Is it the, the, the voltage regulator? Is right. it the actual GPU itself? So they just have a lot more data that they can rely on and you can see it, you know, people who have high end video cards, they, they love numbers, right? They're yeah. like gauges. So in a race car. the problem before was that, uh, the, the the GPU wasn't the heating problem. It was the voltage regulator, right? Yeah. So how do they get, is there a fan over other parts of the card to make sure that the true trouble spots get cooled down? Or how are they, how are they using these sensors and taking that data and translating it into more effective cooling? So what, so uh, one thing they're doing is they let you control the fans independently. Previously, both fans were just, you know, rigged up so they would run at the same RPM. They can actually, okay. you can control the fan speed separately. You could crank up the one that is over the voltage regulators to cool it down um and actually besides the sensors they've also you know done a lot of work on the coolers what they right. they basically said 
last year is like the problem is, you know, we had it was fine to run the card. Uh, but if you ran a really, really hard stress test and you ran it, you know, and it just the certain temperature, you might actually get outside the envelope. So they just didn't have enough safety margins on that previous design. This one corrects that. They put a ton of work into the cooler itself. Um, you can't see it here. There's actually some of the slide deck if we want to show up at the uh, there's the there's little nubs, little nubs, all kinds of stuff to say, look, we've put a lot of work into the cooler. But yeah, I, I like the sensors. There's the little nubs. <laughs> Pin fin. Yeah. And then even and they also they've also put LEDs. If we can go back. To, oh, yeah. Let's look at the LEDs. Let's look at the LEDs. Now, that's what I like. So if you go to a slide 14. So that actually at a glance, you can look down uh, at your video card in your case through your window that you are going to have. And then you can see if they're blue, it's running cool. If it's green, you know, it's uh, getting a little warmer. And if it's red, it's getting so too hot. So how many LEDs are on the car? Just the three or are they specific to, to specific parts of the card? So there are three uh, LED indicators for different components. One for the GPU, one for the power reg your power regulators, the power okay. circuits, and then one for the, the RAM itself. So it just at a glance tells you like what's overheating or what isn't heating. You can set the temperatures. Interesting. And then you can say, oh, okay, my... I have this in a really small case. It's it's the summer, and I live in the south, yeah. so I need to crank my fans up to a higher temperature. So what what's this card cost? Uh, I think it's just an I oh and that's one thing I didn't look up unfortunately. <laughs> All right, but it, I believe it's just that. you know there's a slight premium over a normal GTX 1060 650 ish. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. Yeah, it's not a big. It's premium. not a huge huge premium, you know. But what I really I really like about this is you know they clearly had a problem. Mm -hmm last year and they got beat up pretty badly over it. And in fact, that they even said like, look, it's very rare that you would blow your card up. And if you do, we will give you another one for free. So that's not a problem, but they got beat up pretty badly over it. But, and then they went back, they went back and they said like, okay, we're going to overload, give you all kinds of cool features to correct us. So that's, I, and have we reviewed this yet, or have we no. just written the news story? We've written hands-on Brad. If you go to PCworld.com, Brad has hands-on with okay. the video card. Cool. Well, it's certainly interesting technology, man, compared this to God, 1998 when we called them video or P PC accelerators or uh, <laughs> graphics, graphics accelerators. Graphics accelerators. Yeah. And we've come a okay. long way, haven't we? Yeah. These are these are amazing video cards. Okay. Well, let's uh, we're going to move straight on to Intel Coffee Lake. So was was this a surprise announcement? Did we see this coming? I didn't Someone's, see it coming. Okay. Who, who wants to describe what, what happened? What's going on? What to expect? <laughs> I think you, you, uh, you probably edited Mark's, Mark's story. story. I edited the story and lacking internet, I'm probably going to be a little foggy on the details, but here's the gist. Okay. Uh, there's going to be another chip coming out called Coffee Lake that's using the 14 nanometer process. And so for all of you close Intel followers, you know that this yet again blows Moore's Law and TikTok out of the water because instead of, um, you know, by now they should have been down to 10 nanometer, but they have a fourth 14 nanometer chip and we were just expecting two. And they had a third because they didn't couldn't quite do right, the 10 right. nanometer and now they have a fourth and are squeezing a little bit more out of it. And you kind of wonder how long is Intel going to keep playing the 14 nanometer? But I think that this is going on uh, uh, with the backdrop of, of Intel's declaration last week, too, that, you know what, PC CPUs, you're great, but we're not going to give you the best stuff first anymore. And so they said they're still going to be Moore's Laws alive and well. They're still going to be developing better and better chip technologies. But those innovations are going to go on other chips 
before they go to PC it's, chips. And so, and the idea is that this 14 nanometer coffee lake will live side by side Cannon Lake, which is 10 yes, right. nanometer, and the 10. 10 will be the lower end chip. Do I have that right or am I jumping too far ahead? It'll well, be the newer process. It'll be the newer process. So, and, and you always hope with newer processes, you're going to get either an, an increase in performance or an increase in efficiency. Well, I guess I should I guess ask, the whole idea. Where, where does Coffee Lake, when it comes out, uh, and first of all, when's it coming out? The mid, mid, uh, the second half of this year. Yeah, second half. Both Where, second where's it gonna half like? What kind of um, what kind of computers is it gonna appear in? And wh- wh- where does it live in the performance scale? I don't think they've actually detailed no. where exactly it's gonna go in the stack, but I I think there's definitely a lot of things contributing to this. You know, and it looks bad because people freaked out when they did KB Lake because I mean, right? Yeah. Every year we would yeah. go like you know where's the process. Tick? Yeah, where you get processed and then you get a new chip, then new process. So every, that two-year cadence of just like, yeah. you'd always get two generations on one process. Now they've gotten three, now they're going four. So everybody's going, oh my God, Moore's Law is dead, right? Yeah. So I think clearly Intel thinks uh, we're not, it could be, we don't know, but I think Intel's going, we may not get the, we're not going to get the yield out of these 10 nanometer parts. Right. Candle Lake's going to be that awesome. Is, that is probably we're one gonna, of the We're not going to be making enough to, yeah. to supply the hundreds of millions yeah. that we normally do. So because we have AMD jumping on our backs, we're also going to do an updated version of, um, of you know, another 14 nanometer part that gives us more performance because they know they've got competition. This isn't, I mean, they've, they've kind of been phoning it in the last few years because yeah. you know, they don't have to they worry about AMD. They haven't had to do anything. So now you get AMD showing up with Ryzen and they got to like, okay, we need to do something. So Well, and another thing is that if you do a fourth 14 nanometer chip, you have a cost savings. You've already figured out the manufacturing. You're just going to make a few tweaks and do it sure. again. And if there is going to be a price war with AMD, you know, maybe Canon Lake will help in some way there. Yeah. And but where they're going to go, we don't know. Lap, I mean, laptops, so, lo- tablet. Yeah, let me read this. So this is directly from Mark Hockman's article. Um, says, Mark writes, Intel is believed to be targeting Canon Lake at more premium niche markets such as low-power Ultrabooks, leaving the well-established 14-nanometer process powering Coffee Lake for mainstream notebooks and desktops until the 10-nanometer Canon Lake comes full up to speed. So in other words, yeah, it may, Mark's using the term mainstream meaning yeah. for lower power. Yeah. yeah. So they just, they need something to keep the hype going yeah. and they also have to keep the, they got up to the performance. Otherwise they can't just, AMD, who knows, could, could, could yeah. clean their clocks if yeah. they don't do it's it. It's a very interesting year for CPUs for sure. Yeah. Cause AMD finally has a decent CPU. We'll see Supposedly. how those, we think, we, and you know, it's allegedly. been a while. We'll see yeah. how those 10 nanometer yields do. And what's the um, process technology on Ryzen? It's, it's, it's a 14, that's nanometer 14. Yeah. And yeah. And I think AMD said, we're going to skip 10. We'll go, we'll go straight to seven. Yeah, yeah, they're expecting Ryzen to last for three years. But you know, of course, uh, let's see how everybody else gets a seven. Really, I mean, clearly, <laughs> it's getting really, seven. really difficult to keep shrinking these parts. I, I don't think it really matters that much. I know a lot of people are freaking out, like, oh my god, Moore's law is over. But I'm, there's other tricks they can do to improve performance, right? They yeah. could, they can give you more cores, you know, yeah. for yeah. the money. Clock frankly. speed, extreme cooling. There's all kinds of different yeah. new instructions. We can go back to the old game of like, hey, you know, it's MMX, uh, MMX SSE. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Did MMX stop it too, or was? It- oh, I think MMX was the. Uh, they only had one MMX. Then it was uh, SSE. We had a magazine too, and then way back years ago, we had a magazine cover. MMX was the cover story. That's how wow. nerdy it got. What a time warp. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so we're going to jump straight into right or wrong, and there are only two ways to answer this question, either with a right or a wrong, um, and this one regards Pokemon Go. So let me get the wording correct, because the, the wording is everything for this. Uh, I'm going to start with Melissa. So Melissa, right or wrong, 80 new Pokemon will make Pokemon Go a thing again. Uh, I'm going to say wrong. Because I think if you play Pokemon Go, you probably don't care whether you have more that you just love Pokemon Go. I don't know. Maybe you're getting bored. Um, uh, and also, I'm worried about overpopulation. <laughs> All right. Too many Pokemon. Okay, Gordon. What, what was your answer again? <laughs> I said it was wrong. wrong. Okay. <laughs> Gordon, right or wrong? Any new Pokemon will make Pokemon Go a thing again. Yes, it will make it a thing. Right, again. that's right. Okay, it's why? right. It's right because anybody who's playing Pokemon, they don't care. I mean, what they it's like the quality of I don't even know what the point of Pokemon is, but clearly some having new Pokemon is enough to convince somebody who's really vested into the Pokemon collection <laughs> to increase their Pokemon collection. Yeah, you got to catch them all, Gordon. They got to I I yeah, they got to have them all, so yes, it will suddenly people are like, "Oh my god, they've got new Pokemon." I'd be interested to hear if anyone in the audience plays Pokemon. I'm going to say wrong. I think there'll be a slight uptick in in Pokemon playing. Um, but I think probably most of the people out there, I'm just guessing, are like me who played up to catching maybe half of the then available Pokemon and then just said, screw it. This is that, actually that fun. <laughs> well, and then they're going to go now. Oh, like there's new Pokemon. I'm going to fire up the up again, app again, and see you know, uh, you know, see if I can find one of the new ones. But then they'll say I didn't even catch all the old ones, so I'm done. Yeah, but see the new ones. Besides only being new, they're going to make them more dangerous to catch. Like, dangerous. oh my God, I've got to go to like this part of town at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning with hundred dollar bills in my bag <laughs> to get this Pokemon. Oh, you got that? Yeah, I survived. <laughs> Right. I mean, like, oh, this one's in a war zone. There are there is going to be new ways to catch them. So or Pokemon will have different evasive maneuvers. Oh, my God. This one's on the Bart tracks. The only way to get it is to jump on the third rail to get this Pokemon. Oh, that'd be that's a new twist on Pokemon that I'd like to see. (laughs) Um, They sorry, I got an incoming call that I just had to uh, had to mute there for a second. So, um, Adam, do you have any thoughts on Pokemon? Does anyone have extra thoughts on Pokemon? Uh, no, not from the chat, but uh, I just got done uh, beating Pokemon Sun on uh, the Nintendo DS okay. or the 3DS. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm in the other Pokemon uh, group. Right. Not, not on the cell phone. And I think so. from the Pokemon, th- these new 80 Pokemon are coming from Pokemon video games and they're coming in, into the mobile game world. Yeah, because uh, each of the games has a, a new round of Pokemon that they yeah. release for it. So, like, the first one was from the, you know, red and, and blue, yeah. and then the next one. Like, they're catching up from the 90s still. I knew Pokemon Go was going to die. I mean, everyone knew everyone knew it was going to die. It was, it was like this huge thing. I mean, it sort of, like, galvanized the tech world for about three weeks. and like Some people in the tech world. Well, it was a story. You can't deny it was a big story. I won't story. deny it was a story. Yeah. I didn't mean you actually, I don't, it, it, did not mean to imply everyone was playing it, <laughs> but everyone was writing about it. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And we did too. Yeah. It was a pandemic basically. And I won't so, say viral, but it was a uh, pandemic. Uh, um, Roman and I and Jason played frequently and I think Mark played with his kids mm-hmm. and I don't know, um, 
I, I'm going to survey these folks and find out if they're still playing. So should have asked them instead of you guys. Would you play it if they made them and like, like, oh my God, I've got to like, I have to, I have to go on to a secret government facility to get this Pokemon. Like they intentionally put it there. Like at that Roswell. would not compel me to play it any more frequently. If there are big cash rewards, maybe. Yeah. Oh. I mean, right. Right now, the only reward is getting it in your your pocket. Pokedex? Pokefile? I'm just thinking like if you had like Pokemon that you couldn't like get unless you did, you know, something incredibly dangerous. That, hmm, that would, would not compel me. I'd rather, up for, if I'm going to do something incredibly dangerous, I want a bigger payoff. But then you wouldn't collect, you just collect them all. You gotta. <laughs> well, collecting, finding them is pretty hard. Like some are really easy. They're just everywhere. But the really rare ones, you got to wait for Roman to jump on stock and say, hey, if you're, if you're interested, yeah, there's this he, rare Pokemon. He was always on the alert. <laughs> it was definitely fun watching people walk around San Francisco staring at their yeah, phones. That's, that's over now. <laughs> that's Is over. It, I just, does that say something about the lemming nature of humanity? Uh, it's, I mean, <laughs> it, it's a game. It's a I game. Mean, yeah. Yeah. But do I you, mean. Do people still play Sudoku? No, but I. I just th- probably, Sudoku. but Sudoku didn't like Sudoku. go from Sudoku. like Sudoku. from zero Sudoku. to hundred I don't know. miles an hour in like it's two a, seconds. It's a bunch you know? of vowels and some yeah. consonants. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Sudoku. Sudoku. Okay. Uh, I think Adam's a player. He knew. No, but it, it was yeah. It was fun uh, uh, watching people you know go like this and then they'd stop yeah. and go like yeah. this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Way too much talk about Pokemon. We'll end it there. Uh, I want to thank um, Melissa and Gordon for answering these Thanks. questions and talking. Um, and hey, come back next week uh, to see a new episode of the PC World Show. Bye. Bye. Bye.